Hello, I'm Howard and welcome to the 9320 Review and a Preview Show. The show that enjoyed seeing all the goals on Match of the Day on Saturday night. It's about time. Uh, this is a double show that's looking back at the tight win at Crystal Palace and previewing the big match versus Leipzig. To do so, it's the return of two regulars, Asan and Lloyd. Uh, afternoon, chaps. Afternoon, Asan. How are you doing? Afternoon, Howard. I'm all right. Come back from England with a terrible cough and a sore throat, <laughs> bit of a head cold. But that, That's what England does to you, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, but no, other than that, I'm uh, I'm really well. Yeah, all good. Lloyd, yourself? Morning, afternoon. Um, yeah, I'm good. Managed to managed to make the game at the weekend, which feels like one of my first this season, given my struggles. So no, very uh, very chipper after that. No uh, limbs injuries then. It was uh, jumping around on one leg, uh, but the the good leg. Um, but no, I mean my leg is. Let's be honest, my legs in total bits. It was a fucking terrible idea to go and do that, but oh well. It's the things you do for your football team, so. Is it not? Yeah. Exactly, well, yeah, for sure. Uh, Couldn't turn it down. Yeah. Anyway, not a 12.30 kickoff, but a 5.30 kickoff. Hey, Sam. Does that fit into your weekend plans better than an early kickoff? I mean, I watched it at the airport in Barcelona, so it, it managed to work out perfectly for me because it was in between two flights. So, um, yeah, I did get to watch it and enjoy it. Can you not fly directly anymore? Though? The direct Time flights don't... Yeah, they don't start until the 1st of April, I think. All oh, right. Pain in the ass. Right. Should we discuss football, then? Indeed. I'll stick with you, Asen. Uh So, yeah. Saturday R5, much better time to watch a football match. Go to the pub at three, uh, watch football scores come in and then get nervous. So <laughs> it just works out perfectly. Now, of course, as I said last week, if you win the early kickoff on a Saturday, it's uh, it's good in it because you've got the whole weekend ahead. So this keeps the tension going a lot longer. So the team comes out at half four, I assume. What did you think of it? Four centre-halves, so no Walker and no Kevin De Bruyne, of course. Um. So, I can understand why De Bruyne was rested. I can understand why John Stones uh, was given minutes. And I understand why Kyle Walker wasn't in the team. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, all in all, I, I didn't have too many complaints. I mean, my, my feeling is that we lack a little bit of creativity in the middle of the park when Kev isn't playing... Well, in fact, yeah, particularly when Kev isn't playing, I think we lack creativity in the middle of the park. Um, I was happy to see Phil in there, um, but mm, I think he struggled a little bit to, to get into the game. It kind of felt a little bit like he, he looked like that ankle injury was bothering him again, but maybe I'm, I'm just making excuses for, in the end, what was a a little bit of a difficult early evening for him, I think. Um, but no, like, I mean, I, I, I've, I said last week that I feel as though these three games in different ways are really important. Palace, Leipzig and Burnley. And in terms of having an idea of what the rest of the season could hold, I wasn't really going to get into that until after we'd got through these three games. And so going into the game on Saturday, knowing we had Leipzig 
on the Tuesday. I had a feeling there'd be a bit of rotation, so I was prepared for it, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, indeed. Uh, Lloyd, what did you think of the side? Good to see Stones back, of course, but not where you... Well, he's played there before, but not where you'd probably prefer him to play. No, but he's he's played right back quite a bit at the beginning mm. of the season, didn't he, when Walker was struggling with injury. Um, and Stones kind of has done a bit of both in terms of playing in that slightly inverted role and then playing in a more traditional kind of right back, back four role. But no, I was, I was happy with the team. I, I, I did think, you know, De Bruyne wouldn't, wouldn't play a bit as a reaction to Newcastle and a bit as a look to Leipzig. And I think, you know, it'll definitely put the fire up his arse a bit, which is no bad thing ahead of a big Champions League game. And then, yeah, maybe thought we'd see a change in the front three, probably Phil, but Mora's obviously sat out. I think that probably points towards him playing tomorrow. So yeah, very um, very much as expected, and I was I was happy with the team when I saw it. Do you think Walker was punished then? Because let's be honest, he would play, wouldn't he? You're not going to play Stones ahead of Walker, are you? Hundred like, percent. I mean, yeah, uh, Walker would look if it hadn't happened. I'd be willing to put you know the proverbial mortgage on on Walker playing that game. I think Walker had had a bit of a rest, hadn't he, um, in the last couple of games, and so I think he would have definitely Pep would have always had nine and playing against Wilfred Zaha and Palace. So I think you have to read that it was yeah a response. I'd be happy to wager your mortgage on it as well. So, well, thanks, Alex. Oh no, puffle. <laughs> Safe bet. So. Though I did think a safe bet was Arsenal and United both winning yesterday, so what do I know, eh? So, uh, hey, Sam, before we... We always focused generally on City more than the opposition, of course, and we do a game review. So I think this is a good game, because I've, I've flip-flopped. I have to check my uh, drunken texts to the WhatsApp group after the match. About, I, I wasn't sure it was a great performance, but then I've kind of backtracked a bit and I'm still not sure about this side right now performance-wise rather than, you know, results-wise. But I think it's very important, if we're going to assess this game, that we have to talk about Crystal Palace themselves. And I think we got what we expected from them, which was kind of a dead team, which had been worn that solid playing this this year. And you said they've drawn at home to United, Newcastle and Liverpool, but without offering much. They sat back, they tried not to concede. That was their only, I think ambition for the match so with that in mind before we assess how good City are how in, how much of how we assess City must be taken into account of how Palace themselves played set up and their their approach to the match well I think I, I think it's as much in the predicament Palace find themselves in in that Vieira is under quite considerable pressure um and the results are, they're a little bit strange in that you feel as though Palace are a team with a lot of talent, with a lot of quality players, but they're a team who can't buy a good result at the moment. Um, I was really worried going into it for all of those reasons because obviously with a manager under pressure, at home, evening game, players of some quality, you wonder whether you get the backlash to that. You wonder whether the Palace team that turns up... I mean, I expected them to be obdurate. I expected them to be Mm. really hard to break down. I expected them to be very physical and very aggressive. Just expect that from a 
from a Vieira team and in particular from Matt Palace team. But then on top of that, the question was how long would they be obdurate for and whether there were... Because, you know, sometimes you get one or two things. You, for me, we were either getting a team that were going to play really hard for 15 and then all just kind of go into their shells and admit accept defeat before it's even landed or we were going to get a team that were going to go no, we're going to get a result hit today by hook or by crook. Um, and it did feel for most of the game like we were up against a team that felt they wanted to get a result by hook or by crook. Uh, Lloyd, I'm not going to... Mm. Oh, go on. Do you I, want to I comment think, on that? Yeah, yeah I, I think it says a lot about where Palace are that their crowd were pretty okay with that performance. And that's, you know, that's not good from you know, from their perspective and what you usually associate with going to like Selhurst Park under the lights. Obviously, you know, when you're within the away end, you know, that's mostly what you can hear. But their crowd seemed very happy with with that game plan, which was incredibly defensive and negative. They had very, very little until City scored the goal, I thought. And yeah, I just think that says a lot about where Palace are, that they really didn't kind of commit them forwards with abandon almost at all and you know that that basically let, left them with trying to win the game in the last 10-15 minutes or, or get a point so yeah worrying for Palace and when I compare that to like you know other recent games we've had at Selhurst or just any any big team going to Selhurst Park I just thought it was quite a stark contrast. Mm. First team on record that's 20 years of records uh, to fail to have a single shot on target in three consecutive Premier League matches. So that's really bad. Not exciting. And when I was speaking to you know Dan on the Friday show, he thought they were going to get thrashed, and I thought no, you're not going to get thrashed. But I think it, yeah, it does sum up where they're at right now. That blunt is the word. Uh, I think uh, the perfect word to describe their football at the moment. With that in mind, then, Asan, first half. How good was City? Uh, I've listened to a, another podcast, uh, Blue City Brain, American Citizen, who were you know, raving about this match. I was quite negative. But I look back and the first half is better than it felt at the time, I think. There were a few chances. Uh, Grealish obviously shot wide uh, near post, perhaps with hindsight should have gone far post. And of course, Harland missed a very good chance indeed. There was that big scramble after Rodri's shot was blocked. Only one team, really. You know, I think there was there was a glimmer of a an opportunity for Palace when they got near the penalty area after a bit of sloppy play. But really, only one team in it. So, how do you judge that first half? Was were you happy with, at half time, even though it was nil nil? Yes and no. I mean, <clears throat> look, I think that I went in. I went into it far more apprehensive. Uh, than I normally am going into games for all the reasons I said earlier. And I think that I sort of, I had convinced myself that without an early goal, we really ran the risk of something daft happening. Um, and we've been, you know, experts at something daft happening this season, particularly in games like this. So at halftime at nil-nil, I wasn't happy. I really wasn't happy. And I wasn't happy because even though we created, I didn't feel that we created enough. 
I didn't feel that we imposed ourselves upon the game in the manner in which I wanted us to. I'm not saying that we were completely passive, but we also weren't aggressively proactive in the way in which we have been in games. Now, look, obviously, Zaha, Alise, Eze, all the usual cliches, yeah? There, there was something that we had to keep an eye on in terms of letting them in the back door for a soft goal. So there is, there is a kind of, there's a balance to be struck. I guess post the World Cup, that feeling at half time has generally led to drop points. I have, you know, I've kind of, I've almost conditioned myself to this idea that if we're not quite aggressive enough, it just won't happen. Um, so no, like I, I, I didn't, I, I wasn't delighted with, with the first half performance, even if there were some bright spots within it. Mm. I think, I think I said, I mean, look, I, you know that I like to be shot at, so I don't mind being honest. I think I said in the group chat at half time that, you know, Gundo and Bernardo between them just don't offer enough creativity in midfield. Uh, it, it just feels far too not good enough, for want of a better word. I think this, the system, the setup, the way that we played was very obvious that we were trying to get Gundo and Bernardo in moments, in pockets, in between the backline, the Palace backline and their midfield. And actually, thanks to Rodri's performance, we managed to get the football to them in dangerous areas over and over and over again. They just didn't do enough with it. I think that once you've got the ball, you know, on the edge of the opposition penalty area, and you've got men in front of you, attackers, you've got to do something with that. And way too often, just sort of nothing happened once the ball landed in that position. And that's almost 90% of the work in our system is getting the ball to the player who's meant to be in space in space in the right moment and we actually did that we just didn't do it the right thing after that and that was a frustrating thing for me I think that's part of the reason I'm surprised even though he's you know might have been struggling that Kevin De Bruyne didn't start this match because if, if they're playing dead I think he was ready made for this game uh, of course only came on as soon as we actually went ahead with 10 minutes to go he's not, not the sort of player you want to see a game out really because he's not defensive minded but there you go Lloyd Look, we all we all know this isn't peak city, and they will inevitably be in our heads. We kind of compare how they're playing with one other team because it's the one team that's above us in the table, and maybe we downgrade City because they're playing free flowing football at the moment. Though their fixture list since we beat them has been fairly kind to them, uh, and Fulham were missing their best player on Sunday, and they don't get many points or play very well when he's not in the team. But all these things are just, you know, side things. We know this is not peak City. How did you view that first half? It does just feel a bit stilted sometimes, but it's the reason I asked first about Crystal Palace is that, in a way, a lot of it was down to them as well as City's own problems or issues. Thanks for listening to the first 15 minutes of the show. 
to listen to the full podcast and all our contents, including reviews, previews, analysis, quizzes and much more, go to 9320.com to sign up now or simply click the link in the description. So what are you waiting for? Go to 9320.com now for the best, most passionate, impartial coverage of Manchester City and beyond.